Hi, I'm P, and this is my podcast. then sometimes personalities change and it's often my personality that changes when I'm like I'm going to hit record now I'm excited to get into this I need to change you how are you I'm good how are you I'm good Thank you for having- I'm so excited I my face stings because I just got microneedling oh it doesn't sting it feels like the numbing is wearing off and that's uh-huh. a very strange sensation on the face. It's kind of nice. It's like ice. Over my is it face. the stem cell? Yeah, it's exosomes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was getting that for a little bit. Is the one with the placentas or no? Mm-mm. It's. I think it comes from stem cells, but it's, it's just exosomes. It's expensive though. That's what made me stop getting it. It was like $600 a facial. It's so expensive. Yeah. When I hear about it, though, people are like, just get it like twice a year, especially if I'm almost, I'm turning 30 in two months. So I'm mm-hmm. like, might as well try it out. <laughs> it's time. It's just certain. Wow. And I don't need a ton, apparently, because my skin is thick. Allegedly, oh. Whatever that means. Do you have to use like the biggest needle? Apparently. Wow. It's hard to get in there. <laughs> wow. Funny. I would use the tiny needles and then they would fucking hurt, especially on the forehead. I feel like I was just being punched repeatedly. Yeah. It's a very, it's weird. It feels like (laughs) very jabby. Yeah. And you can kind of feel it in your bones, which is a strange sensation. I guess you could relate it to a tattoo gun, but slower. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get numbed. So it doesn't, it doesn't hurt a ton. That's nice. Yeah. I'm so... It's so funny to be talking to you because I I followed you for years because I I think I saw you I saw your content on Twitter and you would just you would tweet things that I would relate to so deeply but they were so short and it, like yeah. it's so poignant to me that I was like who is this person that everything you're saying is hilariously relatable to me but you're not saying very many words <laughs> I, which I deeply enjoy as someone with ADHD. Well, thank you. Is that, so that's how you found me through Twitter. Yeah. Okay. That's so random. Usually people do not find me through Twitter. That's why I post like the most risque things on there. Cause I feel like no <laughs> one sees them. So I'm like, okay. That's, that's probably why I found you on Twitter. Is because <laughs> these risque things. And I was like, oh, I like how you think. <laughs> I like what you have to say. I know I copied. I don't know if I screenshot this weird. What did I do? I'm so terrified for these questions. I don't know why. Whenever like things are open to, I don't, like, I don't even read my DMs or any anything that people respond to anything I say. I just like don't want any perception of what I do. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. I, I turned off my DM replies partially, oh, partially because I 
a part of me feels weird about me saying something and then someone wanting to have a conversation specifically with me. It's, it feels different when people comment on posts because that feels like they're trying mm-hmm. to have a conversation with like anyone who can see it. But when yeah. they have specifically me, I'm like, you want to have a conversation, but I don't mm-hmm. know who you are. So I don't know if I want to have a conversation and <laughs> I'd rather just not have any conversations except like when my DMs were open, like th- three years ago, there are people who are my DMs from like back then. And mm-hmm. I know them now. I've like, we've been talking for three years, so it's okay. But new people, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of different. It's a different. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet it's especially weird for you because you interact with many people on, on the interwebs. Not as much. I mean, I don't really, like I said, I just don't really open myself up to it. Like I'm very much just in my bubble And even now I'm kind of moving through a phase where I just don't even post anything anymore. Like, I think I'm just in a hermit mode where I'm kind of just in creation and absorbing stuff right now. I don't really want to output anything. So it's interesting because for the past past like couple of years, I've been very much like exuding whatever comes to my mind or whatever project I'm working on. But yeah, we'll see how that changes or if it doesn't. (laughs) You really have been making things, okay? there's a lot happening in your world. Things are happening. Yeah. So much that, which makes me want to ask the first question that someone asked. Yes. They asked, how would you describe experiencing your inner world? And I'm, I'm wondering if they're talking about specifically your creations, it's called like inner, inner world or like, but yeah. What, what does that make you, what's that initial thought that makes you What do you initially think as a response to that question? How do I experience my inner world? It's always shifting and changing. I think I'm kind of um, getting more familiar with how I can understand it now. But it's very dramatic. It's very much, and I actually love that part of my life now. I, before I used to think it was something I need to reel back on or control more, but everything just, I experience so deeply, whether it's a flower or someone tripping on a sidewalk or like a breakup, it just feels like it's a really impactful moment in my life. So I think that's also how my inner world is, is very much like anything that gets brought up is like under a microscope or I usually also translate like emotions immediately to visuals. So whether it's like, okay, I'm feeling sad, it'll translate as like, okay, I'm feeling very much like nighttime forest, them walking through type of thing. So yeah, it's a very visual experience, which I feel like a lot of people see or sometimes people translate their inner world to music sometimes they translate it to I don't know like uh well how do you experience your inner world like what is it like in there (laughs) well something that you said I think that it's it's helpful helpful for people to try to do this sometimes with their emotions is some like what is actually happening like what are you seeing right now what sensations are you feeling because I think what we do is we put we put words that make sense to emotions and we're like oh I'm Mm -hmm. feeling like this Mm -hmm. and then sometimes it's like okay I feel like a person being walked through a field in a wheelbarrow I'm like do that and like yeah it in that way I feel like doing that can dissolve some of the meaning behind emotion you get to experience it in a truer way at least Mm -hmm. the way that I experience it and my inner world is quite dry 
I'm also, I'm a Virgo moon and Virgo <laughs> is just a very, it's like dry earth. I am a Scorpio. So there is some drama, but it's funny because I can watch myself experiencing the drama and there's a part of me that's kind of laughing about it a little bit, but it's, it's also very, very, very visual. It's, it's like music videos <laughs> in my, in really? My, okay. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I would love to, I'd love to direct a music video and just say what's going on but it's weird because I I experience myself watching and feeling the emotion sometimes Mm -hmm. rather than like being like the one who's feeling it it's very weird and I don't I think I, I don't know how to do anything else but like my partner for instance is someone who definitely like it's going through his entire body and he's having that like full Mm. emotional experience. Yeah. But I can always like narrate mine. Is that something you cultivated or is you just always been that way? I think I've always been that way and it wasn't good. It wasn't helpful in the beginning of my life because I could watch and hear myself and I'd be like, Mm -hmm. stop. like, what is Mm -hmm. interesting? Collect that. What are you doing? And (laughs) And I'm like, if you keep doing this, then this is going to happen. <laughs> and I yeah, have yeah. interesting reactions to my emotions. Or sometimes, like, if my body is feeling a thing in response to, like, let's say, like, my strange example. But like, so let's say my partner, like, breaks too fast and I lunge forward. I can hear myself saying, well, you're not going to hit the dash. So why is your body tensing? And it, like, it's it's a very... There's a lot of witnessing of my emotional experience, but I feel like that could also just be very Virgo moon of me. And like watching and awareness is a big thing for Virgo placements. Yeah, I'm a Virgo rising and moon. So I don't know. <gasps> Same. I don't really see that. Really? Oh, awesome. Yeah. You're Scorpio. Interesting. What's your sun what's sign? The, what's your Mars? I'm a Leo. Leo. Oh, that's fun. I am a Sag Mars. Okay, cool. What's yours? Libra. I know a a few Libra Mars, and there's a lot of this kind of movement. Like indecision? Yeah, I'd say say a lot of bouncing back and forth. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very much so. (laughs) Which I don't think it's, I feel like it's, you guys get to sample a lot of things. You get to try a lot of things out and see what you're into. Whereas me, I'm just, I'm just going to run into it and crash. And then <laughs> what happens? I like that though. I actually want to cultivate more of that where I just like go aggressively into something. Cause a lot of times I'm just like, what is it from this angle and over here? And like, maybe possibly, but also not. So <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like that could also be the Virgo placements. Cause my mind is doing that. My mind is going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, but my body is like, <laughs> we're going to do it anyway I don't know what to tell you but it's it's funny okay so we described the inner world I'm also curious so I do this thing like I I created this thing called timeline jumping and I didn't create Mm -hmm. the term the term just came to me but a big part of it is this concept of accessing like void space accessing this like nothingness emptiness space i'm wondering if you have any practices or is there anything that you do to access this kind of like null zero frequency point like Mm -hmm. nothingness yeah yeah like in order to timeline jump 
You could do that. You could say that. Or sometimes just to neutralize. Okay. Yeah. I think that um, my way of doing that, because I'm so analytical, I like to take massive doses of psychedelics and I will like take five grams of mushrooms, particularly. I don't really fuck with any other one, but, um, and then I will just let it sort of blast my reality completely out Mm of particles. And then I always find myself coming back to a state of just, okay, there's nothing anymore. Nothing's really real. Nothing's really solid. Like everything's kind of a transparent symbol now. So how can I work with this and move them around? Um, I have like also been leaning into meditation. Honestly, doesn't really work for me. I've really wanted it to work for me for a very long time. I had the only time in my life where I was able to like reach neutral neutrality through meditation was when I was doing like hour long meditations in the morning and at night, for some reason, just really hard for me to quiet my brain. But I found that, yeah, psychedelics are like really aggressive ways of like forcing myself out of my current perception of reality is the only thing that has worked for me. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like meditation doesn't work for a lot of people, actually. Yeah. Who does it work for is what I <laughs> would like to know. I'm, I'm also wondering if it's a generational thing, too. Because mm-hmm. I the know previous generations were really, really into meditation. But I, I don't know. <laughs> as, we, as we kind of move down the generations, like our hyperactivity, if that like mm-hmm. is uh, a part of the resistance to meditation. But also, like, I didn't really need it. I needed to. I needed to have a visual stimuli, it, like an internal visual stimuli, to be able to get to that point. To try to sit and empty my mind was not helpful for me at all. What do you use? Do you do oh. do you like painting, or what is your what is your modality? The voice in my head. So instead of trying oh. to not hear it, I hear it and I let it take me somewhere where mm. we're going somewhere so hmm. the where timeline jumping came from I my life changed very fast and I like I could because of that Virgo moon like watching I could see it happening and I was like something is going on this is very mm-hmm. interesting and then at one point it was I think January 2021 I was like what is what did you do like what is going on here what happened and <clears throat> I zeroed in on the fact that I would lay in my bed sometimes or I'd like very dramatic Scorpio style, be on the floor (laughs) experiencing emotion. And I'd be watching myself experience the emotion and I could see myself like, it's like, there's a part of me that was like, let's go, let that out, do that thing. Let yourself see yourself, watch yourself in the room that you're in. So I would like be out of my body, looking at myself in the Mm -hmm. room that I'm in. And I'd let myself like, what are the stories you're telling yourself about you? Who are you? Who is this being? what are you feeling? Why are you feeling those things? I let all the stories come up. And then that voice would like lead me into this like dark space. It was like, okay, cool. Let's go over here. And it's got darker and darker and darker and darker and emptier and emptier. And it was hard for me to like, remember my name even it was, it's, it's started dissolving all the stories behind my emotion, all the, just everything was dissolving into darkness. And I, I, know that what allowed me to get to that state is kind of like what we talked started talking about before we started recording was this like giving up energy mm-hmm. of like you know I don't care anymore I don't care and mm-hmm. so I just, like let myself feel the things yeah 
then from that place, like it was like void. It was like, come here. There's something over here. Follow me. And then naturally who I want to be, who I've desired to be, who, whether that be like who I truly am or what I've carved out through life experience, that version of me was able to be present because of all the stories and the meaning behind everything dissolving. And so I just summarized it all into timeline jumping. Oh, yeah, that was so you kind of you like initiate your own ego deaths, like mini ego deaths. Yes. Wait, that's crazy because how do you like make it stay? Because I I can do that, but it will last for like three minutes and then I just snap back to like the whatever reality I was trying to get myself out of. But I also dissociate from the point between there and there. Like it's like, oh fuck, I'm doing the same thing again. How did I get back to this? So I, that's why I have to do psychedelics because it creates a longer it's like a longer period of pause, but that's yeah. interesting that you're able to do that. I think it's just like letting myself be in void space and not trying to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I will go there is, is I guess my belief system because I truly feel like our desires are like beckoning us. I feel like yeah. they want us. It's like, I want to be with you. And so I don't have to try to go to my desires. And so I'm like, if I just like float for long enough, I'm mm-hmm. going to, meet this part of myself that wants to be met but I but the point though when I did it for the first time was not to get anywhere it was to like drop in like I I think I was just so tired I was just like I'm tired of like fighting and trying to fix and heal myself and I'm driving myself insane and like because I can hear and like watch everything and I know that a part of me is a very is very neutral all the time and I can watch them watching me have that experience and I'm like, I want to be the neutral one, but I'm over here doing this thing that I don't want to do. And I can't stop. And I was driving myself crazy. And I think when I'm laying down or like on the floor, then I just kind of drop in. And I used to pretend to die, which I think also <laughs> is something that is helpful. Okay. I'm going to try that. I'm going to intentionally die. Yes. I, I went through an insane, I was no, I, I did this thing where I would smoke weed because weed during 2020 gave me anxiety because I was, I mean, the early 2020, I was just anxious and I would, I would like forcibly put myself through panic attacks because I'm like, I need to like understand this is a Scorpio that's we're insane. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to understand this. I need to like get behind this. And then Wait, one you wanted day, to understand your anxiety or you wanted to yeah. understand why the weed created the anxiety the anxiety because i'm like the the way for me to easily most very clearly access the sensation of anxiety is through weed and so i'm like do it and like let myself let that neutral whatever thing is there watch it and start start to understand it and then i i felt the sensation of like me dying at some point i was freaked out at first then i was like oh this is actually quite nice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is cool. And yeah, moved on from there. The stories of a psycho Scorpio. Okay. So, what early films and books captured and inspired you? That's a fun question. That's so interesting because I was actually watching one of the old films that <clears throat> I was obsessed with when I was younger and uh, realized how much it has persuaded my aesthetic now uh it's lemony snicket the series of unfortunate events that was like i don't know why i just had this weird obsession with that film 
also like Miyazaki films and honestly anything Japanese was such a huge impact on my life. I remember I was the kid that would like sit in the library at lunch and just read mangas. Um, so definitely Japanese culture and uh, what else? Oh yeah. The science of sleep. It's like a French film. That was one that had a huge impact on me. Number one, it's the same person who made series of, or no eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. So he's very into mixing like live action film with stop motion and like just mixing modalities. And I didn't even realize that I had absorbed that now and I kind of do that now. So definitely that Danny Elfman, uh, nine before Christmas, like all of anything stop motion I'm obsessed with. And yeah, those are, those are things that hugely impacted me when I was young. And I didn't even realize till yesterday, actually, that they have are basically how I move through the world now. And it's honestly interesting to even expand past just aesthetic with the art you make, but also the human that you are now. I just wonder how much things that I like little experiences I had that I just took on as my personality. And now it's like, which ones are, is there a real person underneath or is everything just layers of like who we are? What do you think? That's what, well, that's what I was saying in, when I was talking about like how we feel or how I feel like our true self can kind of come up through after we've like neutralized all the stories we're telling. Mm. You can't tell if our true self is something that's there when we're born or if it's something. OK, I think it's a combination of there is we're we're naturally inclined to move towards certain things and. Mm from those certain things i feel like through life experiences we can pick and choose what is us from that so it feels like I mean, that's interesting yeah yeah it feels like there is I, I know michelangelo he said that like the sculpture is inside of the slab already which is something that i believe yeah but we carve that sculpture out through experiences. So like, for instance, my, my brothers and I, we all have a very similar tone in our voice when we're talking and that, and our parents don't talk like that. I don't, I think it just came from us watching certain shows and being in a, I don't know, a certain state, but we all have this kind of like dry way of existing. And I'm like, is that my personality? But it feels like who I am. And I also don't think I would choose anything else. So Mm. it feels like a mix of nature and nurture that creates that identity for us. Yeah. You're sort of just pulling, weaving yourself through the things that have already been existing. Yeah. yeah. It feels like we're walking through when we go, that's me. That's not me. Yeah. That's me. That's not me. But then there's also things that you do need to undo. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think, is this really my belief or is this something, if you really get to the the little nitty gritty of it, it's just something someone said in passing to you at like a grocery store. And you're like, well, why I hate bubble gum? Like that makes no sense. The way that I can play with this is if it's something that I have absorbed out of the desire to avoid something that's not me. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing this thing because of this. So, so that I avoid this outcome, or if I am say, if I'm speaking in a certain way to avoid some sort of outcome, that's not me. That's how I've summarized that. Yeah. Something that comes up for me a lot in that is like not wanting to sound dumb. 
Like that, that's something that I feel like I'm constantly like I have a film over whatever I'm doing because I'm like, well, if I'm so uneducated in this area, like I'll just say nothing, even though I have thoughts on the subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you probably have more to say than you're actually saying. Like your truth self is like, I want to say stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's like that meme, right? Where it's like you have this big elaborate yes. and you're like, yeah, bro. Like that's, that's how it translates. Yeah. And I I definitely like feel that. Actually, I recently posted this thing about like not wanting to appear unwise. Mm. And like part of that comes from since I was little, people are like, You're so wise, you're so wise, you're just a wise child. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be wise. Yeah. <laughs> That's the role I came here to play. So I cannot be unwise at any time. Yeah. So <clears throat> a big thing for me is like avoiding certainty because people who are certain and loud about it they don't seem wise like they seem kind of Mm. at least from from my perception of like how people see people is when someone says like this is how you do it people are like the people who don't know teach that kind of energy yeah yeah so I'm like oh if I'm certain about a topic that means I don't know anything about it and I'm stupid and I don't like (laughs) avoid that for so long and then I'm like you know what I do know things I am certain about this and I'm still wise Even if <laughs> <don't get free. laughs> yeah being certain but still being open I think is the the big one like you yeah that's interesting there's a line though of being so sure that you're rigid and then being yes. kind of open to other people's perception of reality yes yeah And I like to, I like to set up rules for that. So I Hmm. will let myself be certain and fixed because I'm, I'm a Scorpio and I've, I've like four Scorpio placements in Leo. I feel like this could be helpful for you too, because you're a fixed sign, but like letting yourself be like, I'm grounded in this Virgo rising and Virgo moon is quite mutable. And it's like, I will bend, but I'll bend for certain reasons. So like if someone is living a life that I admire, I'll listen to what you have to say. If yes. I admire certain traits about you or I like look up to you or if you feel safe in my body, I will listen to what you have to say. If, yeah. you, don't, if you don't meet my standard of, of I don't know, being, I'm not going to not gonna hear that. Because I'm calling everything in. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's something I just recently have been getting my shit together on because usually... I, someone would critique me or my work or how I'm being as a person. And I would really take it in to heart and like, really like think about it for days and days and days and be like, Oh, was I an asshole or this or that? But that's a really good point of being like, do I admire you? Do you inspire me? And is that something I, that your day to day is actually something I want to reflect and then move from that space. But even though sometimes then like people, especially anyone who I put on a pedestal or I admire every single person that I get to like peel back the layers on. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like you're no better than me. Like you're no, you're no, like you're not some great person or like something I can't achieve. You're just human. So yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. Funny. Funny. But it helps. Have you met anyone that like, sorry, have you met anyone that you, uh, you had admired for a very long time? And then when you peel back the layers on, you're even more impressed. Ooh. Everyone I've had on my podcast. <laughs> Every single 
talk to right. them. Yes. Well, then you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, so I'll talk to them. I'm like, wow, <laughs> you're great. And I knew it because I have good taste. But yeah, no, I think every every person that I've definitely had on my podcast, but I think also there's an interesting energetic of people coming on my podcast where I, to be able to ask someone to be on my podcast, my energy has to depedestalize them. Like I have mm. to, I cannot, it's very difficult for me to approach someone if I've pedestalized them mm. because I'll like sit in anxiousness about like, <gasps> I, like, am I ready to talk to them? Like, and I'll just yeah. create drama around it. But when I feel like I can just ask someone and it feels like if they say yes, cool. If they say no, cool. It doesn't really mean anything. It's fine. It'd be fun to talk to them at that point. There's no need for reality to try to depedestalize them for me. True. Yeah. That makes sense. That helps. I'm trying to, I'm like, I think the only person currently who I have on like a, like, wow, you are wild pedestal is Beyonce and mm. I feel like she's supposed to be there I like I don't I don't really even want to be yeah there, honestly. I would agree. yeah it's like her and then Rihanna like there's certain people <laughs> who I'm just like yeah I'm just gonna I don't need to meet you I'm not even sure that you're human I'm just gonna keep you in this beautiful frame in my mind <laughs> I feel like it's nice to have that I don't <laughs> why, yeah why not it's nice to I, have had a, I had a psychedelic trip recently and I had this like whole hour-long moment where I was seeing like Beyonce and Jay-Z is like the king and queen of entertainment <laughs> and I was like oh my god yeah like they're they run the whole thing and then they're they're the prince and the king the prince and the the princess are rihanna and, and rocky and like they're gonna get the whole reign and like i don't know it was like this whole thing where i was like oh it all is like controlled <laughs> that's hilarious I don't, i'm like hmm. pardon was like hmm, i want to see behind and then i'm like no i don't i don't want to no, I, I don't want to i don't want to it. even though like I do have a friend of mine who he's like working with Jay-Z and I'm like I don't even want to hear the stories because I know <laughs> I'm gonna see cracks and I just don't yes let I me keep <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. and, and like as someone who I admire a ton is SZA but like I don't feel like mm. I pesticize her I just really love her like you're just so she's a, she's a neutral yeah I feel like yeah. whenever I listen to her music I feel like I can see a lot of myself in what she says like it's like finally someone's talking about it type of thing yes. but <laughs> yeah. okay and if i was to answer this question films films yes. fantasia i was obsessed with oh, yes which the one cartoon, the cartoon the the big dramatic cartoon was there more than one i think there's two but they're both amazing so yeah, i don't i think it's it's the earliest one because it's like since okay I was, yeah a child child i was mm-hmm. super, super into fantasia and then books that inspire me so one book that i just could never i don't know i like really got lost in the world of i used to really like fantasy books a ton because i was an escapist but i liked inkscape or ink sorry ink spell the ink spell series it's like this theory it's a series of three books that were really great what is it about they're for they're for kids technically but like it was still really great it's about this person he could write himself into worlds oh wild it was yeah it's really good i might read i should reread them they really loved them sounds great it's kind of like reminds me of uh 
chalk zone. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Like, like that where you could just, I used to love that. Yes, it was fantasy, dramatic chalk zone, pretty much. Mm, question for you specifically from someone. Yeah. They're asking okay. if you plan on adding lyrics to the music called from Brainwaves and releasing singles. Yes, to both of those things. I am working actually right now on an album, so I'll probably release that. It maybe an EP by the end of the year, or I'll just wait till next year. I haven't decided yet, but for the brainwave stuff, I am also doing lyrics, but it's kind of weird because it's hard to write lyrics to something that's being created randomly. Mm. So it'll probably be something that is more like ambient, just sort of ethereal voices, but nothing really too mm. specific. So that sounds like it's going to be gorgeous. I feel like there was a question that's related to this question that I, oh, how the fuck did this idea come into fruition? It actually has been brewing for a very long time because I've been, my whole mom side is very musical and uh, I had actually never thought of myself as a musical person until very recently. I just randomly woke up one day and then I had this like voice in my head be like, you need to do music. And so I realized that everyone around me in my friend sphere is very much integrated into the music realm. So I just started being around them more. And then kind of what I realized from music is that it's a, its own language. It kind of surpasses like everyone can um, understand a tone or an emotion being translated through music. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really fascinating. And then I also realized that in all of my biggest aha moments of my like emotional healing path or whatever, it's always been curated by a musical experience. Like when I was in Peru, um, I had basically an exorcism just, just from the, the singing of the tribe that I was with. And I just kind of through making my own music, through experiencing these heavy emotions, processing through music, uh, wanted to understand what was going on in the brain scientifically while this was happening, because all of it was just sort of like theory in my head. And so I started asking around my friends who were in the like uh, scientific doctor realm if I could get an MRI scan. And something that was really weird was that you can't really get an understanding of your body unless there's something wrong with it. Like if you're getting a scan of a tumor or if there's, you're, you're sick or something that gives people a reason. You also have to have a doctor's certificate to even get an MRI. So I basically paid a doctor under the table to allow me to go into an MRI on four grams of shrooms with like a curated playlist um, to understand what's going on in the brain. And so he, he said, yes. And that was going to be my like decision point on if I developed a project further or if we found nothing, I would just sort of leave it where it was. But we found that uh, in the sober scan, my brain was very much like firing off, very random, kind of anxious. And under the psychedelics, all of the fear centers of the brain were completely shut off, like the amygdala and everything was quiet except for the hippocampus, which is the part that processes like new and old memories. And it also assigns emotions to new and old memories. And so my theory was that you can look at new and old memories from a state of neutrality for the first time. That's why it works for people with like PTSD or depression, anxiety, because you're just looking at it from like a, okay, this is what it is. 
And, um, so then I was like, okay, let's make a, let's take this somewhere further. And the real intention of the project is like, I want people to be curious about their bodies when they're in good health, like actually understand we have these amazing machinery, advanced machinery that we know pretty much nothing about. And I just think that's like unfair (laughs) to not know more about our own brains and body. That's so exciting. That is so exciting. I love that. And I also love that there's, you're creating essentially like physical visual evidence of mm-hmm. that are happening internal, which a lot of people could say, Oh, like, this is just, you're just, you're just quote, quote, you're just feeling different. This is just a sensation. It's like, yes, no, there are things happening in your body. <laughs> it's not, you're, it's not just, I don't even want to say just emotion because emotion is not just, um, just it's everything. I love that. What is your like relationship with music? Do you ever use it to like help you move through moments of life or? Yeah. And it's very random. I don't do it on purpose. I feel like it's, it'll mm-hmm. just like kind of happen sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I'll like scroll past a TikTok and then suddenly I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, <laughs> okay so I need to go find this song and apparently I need to cry I didn't know I had to cry but that needs to happen there was this time where so I also don't listen to lyrics in music a ton Mm -hmm. it's it's hard for me to do that I was talking to my partner about it because he loves lyrics but Mm -hmm. like I can't listen to what someone's saying sometimes I can memorize it but like I don't like to think about the meaning of the word yeah this the sonic like energy of the music has an effect on me so I was listening to Yeba's Heartbreak a few months ago so emotional so deep I'm on the floor okay <laughs> weeping weeping over and over and over and over and over and I'm like I don't even know I don't know where this is coming from I don't know like what part of myself and it, mm-hmm. it wasn't even like sad it felt like love it felt like come on I'm like I'm calling it again it felt like love it felt like hunger it felt like Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's like that's release I guess yeah weeping and that song specifically at that time like yeah and I was like what is what is Yeba put in this song seriously Yeba is like a she's a I don't know she's not from here no any of her music I listen to like there's this one song my mind where she's definitely just getting out these emotions of being cheated on and every time I feel like I'm being cheated on like I'm just like oh god yes fuck him you know and like I don't even have a boyfriend so <laughs> for anyone yes honestly <laughs> this like heartbreaking I'm like oh and I'm like wait everything's fine but <laughs> yeah it's like when you wake up from a dream that was really dramatic and you carry it into reality and you're like oh god like my dog's died or something but then it's like the relief of being like oh none of that is actually happening right now yes I actually did that this morning where I I like I was like I need to turn the alarm off I don't even know what happened in the dream but I'm like I grabbed my phone I'm like I have to turn the alarm off and I'm like the alarm is not going off and I put my phone on slowly and I'm like I don't know where I am (laughs) right now (laughs) I need to go back to sleep or something I don't (laughs) Starter. It was really weird, but that, like, I don't know, music is everything. My partner, he's also the person I dated not 
I don't know, whatever. We had a thing before my partner was a producer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why I liked him was not logically because he was a producer, but because he would send me music and then I would listen to the music and I'd have an emotional response to the music. So my body associated mm-hmm. the emotions that I was experiencing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it like, because, because his tastes were so similar to mine and it's like, it's sometimes hard for me to find certain music that like makes me like, <gasps> I'm having a reaction mm-hmm. to this. So he became like this source for these like sensations that I was feeling. And I was like, wow. And I was like obsessed with this person specifically because of the the music that was being set. That's it was wild. very, it was really, really weird. And also while we were talking, I would always in the back of my mind, it felt like Spanish guitars in LA, it, but it felt <laughs> heartbreaking. Like the yeah. entire time we talked, it felt like a heartbreak. And I'm like, nothing bad has happened. It was really weird. But I told reality, I'm like, next person I date, a producer. Okay. That that was great. Loved that. And then my partner now yeah. is a producer. And he's a musician and like makes music and stuff. So I really enjoy watching his process. And then we had a couple musicians staying at our house for some time. My brother makes music. Like everyone mm-hmm. in my life. My dad sings and plays guitar. My mom, she sings in her church choir. So there's a lot of music in my life, but I don't make it. I just mm-hmm. enjoy the people around me participating in that. Yeah. Even the energy of being around people making music is crazy. It's just like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's so many similarities between people making music and people making visual art, which I think is such mm-hmm. a funny thing. It's so funny. Just like the, the art making process and how people express. I find so intriguing because it, it reminds me of that what we kind of talked about when I was saying we walk through life and we go this not that this not that is kind of what that feels like and I, I don't know, just enjoy that process mm-hmm. yeah Do-do-do. okay someone wants to know about your story and what your childhood <laughs> was like my childhood yes oh my god <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything you don't want to say <laughs> like, no, you can also skip it too um I mean I'll I'll say very loosely that uh it was very random very much like how can I summarize this it was very much me on my own that was a lot of my childhood and I wasn't really like supported. And I think that that was something that also scarred me and also catapulted me towards where I am now. Um, And yeah, I think I would love to go more in depth on that in something in my life and let people know or let them in on what it exactly was like. But in general, I just think that I'm, I've very much been a loner for, for my life and my parents weren't really there. I was on my own since I've been 16 and, um, kind of, yeah, even before that, I was very much like just floating through life. And like, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always intrigued by people who float through life. It's, it's so interesting to me because I, my mom, was a hoverer and mm. very scared. Like she was just really freaked out by a lot of things. And like, my dad is also someone who's kind of, 
he had a lot of like anxiety too. So my parents were just very like, you have to look over here, you have to look over here, you have to look over here. And so mm-hmm. when I meet people who are like, oh, just floating. I'm like, wow, well, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, how are you doing that? Yeah. And I, think- I guess it coming from childhood is, is, it makes sense. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. Cause I think that it's made me extremely self-sufficient, but in the same way, it's made me extremely closed off. So a lot of times I feel like I'm almost like a bubble boy where I'm observing the world around me a lot of the time, or I'm just sort of like going into social experiences and like seeing how people connect, but unable to really mm-hmm. build that intimacy with humans one-on-one a lot. Um, And you see that a lot in my work. Now that I look back on it, it's very much from an isolated kind of dreamy point of view. It's not really reality. So, uh, but yeah, I'm also fascinated with people who do have hovering parents. Cause I'm like, how did you create your own? Cause you seem like you have a very, like you, you know who you are and you have that very clear vision, but how does that happen? Cause sometimes like with pe- people who do have hovering parents, they seem that they just take on what their parents want them to be, or they have the same fears that their parents kind of bestowed upon them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've definitely experienced that for sure. And I'm also the isolation thing. I still relate to that mm-hmm. because of my hovering parents, because they kind of removed me from mm-hmm. anxiety, it felt like, and especially because my parents are foreign, like they're from a different country and they, mm-hmm. they they didn't really approve of like Americans, like, mm-hmm. and it not, not in like this, we don't like Americans kind of way, but they're just like the way that American kids act. If yeah. you act like that, that is a problem. And so there was this kind of like bubble formed around, especially me and my older brother, my little brother, he got more freedom because my parents retired by the time he was <laughs> you know, born. But they're just like, we just really don't want you acting like them. <clears throat> but my mom and I had a very codependent relationship up until I was like around 23. And then I think separating from religion made me separate from her a bit because I was just like, you are very in the religion. And like, I, it's very hard for me to like be in the religion the way that you are. And so I think me stepping back made me like step back from her. And then also it was very tiring because I was just, I was like her person. And so I, I realized like, I'd never actually been my person. I've always been yours and like my brothers and, and like taking care. Yeah. And I just kind of like split off. And then I freaked out <laughs> like two years later, like, Oh my God. And then I was like, okay, you're fine. Everything's fine. It's okay. <laughs> but was that a big transitional period? Like with your mom too, or was it, did she kind of understand that it was time for, for that? She wasn't happy about it. Yeah. But hilariously enough, so I, I used to sometimes feel like her, because my parents got divorced when I, I think I was 16, maybe, mm-hmm. but I kind of acted as her surrogate husband, because I also have like a mm-hmm. lot of masculine energy. And my mom, she's she's so like flowy, like she has six Pisces placements back to back on her chart. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like Pisces, sun, moon, like it's just, like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> She's in water. And I just feel like, hey, um, you need to like, you live on earth. Yeah. You live on earth. And so I feel the need to like protect her in like a lot. And the first thing that I did was got a tattoo and that like started it. 
And she didn't speak to me for like three days after I got a tattoo. Cause I felt like to her, I was an extension of her body still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are me and you tattooed my body. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm literally separate. And then I moved out. And then right after I moved out, she got married. So it was fine. Like that, the masculine energy she need, needed, yeah. I just gave it to her in another form. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you actually want to be that person for her. And you're volunteering this. You're not born into it. So this is good. And that helped me kind of detach a bit. But I didn't really get to see a ton of her experience of us separating because I literally like moved myself away yeah. for that purpose. So it's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. Yes. Okay. Someone asked, how do you engage in, well, let's say we're going to do two more questions and we'll wrap up, but how do you engage in the act of listening? That's a, that's an interesting question. Uh, how do I engage in the act of listening? I, I think I just absorb and then you know, I used to listen in a way that wasn't really listening where I would be like thinking of points I wanted to make along the way. And now I think that I just try to completely shut off my brain and like hear exactly what they're saying and then hope that something comes out in, in refunnel after that. But that's, I think that's in simple. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I, I just sort of like turn into a sponge and I'm like, okay, they're saying this and now they're saying this and like, I and then yeah <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense yeah it definitely makes sense and I also feel like kind of like becoming that sponge I feel like it helps you hear things that like people aren't saying and you get to hear mm-hmm. the energy around what they're saying rather than like okay I'm listening to the words that yeah. you are saying but just letting yourself like kind of empty out and take in someone I feel like mm-hmm. And I also feel like a lot of times when people say something like you're saying, there's things in between or there's energy around it, they gloss over really important things. And I'll be like, okay, but you said you went to this place and this place, but why did you decide to do that in between? What? And then that informs like the end result. And so, yeah, I think a lot of times I ask almost too many questions, like, but why? And then like, why did you blink at that time? And <laughs> I had someone tell me once that they felt like they were being interviewed when I was speaking to them. And I was just like, well, fuck. I'm sorry. I think it's being a Virgo moon and Virgo rising. I, or, or I don't, because my, my partner and I were both Virgo moons and our first date felt like an interview back and forth. <laughs> like, oh. like, it, it, it literally yeah. like an interview. It was so funny, but that's how like my friends will sometimes are like, Hey, can you not look me in the eyes when you're when I'm talking for a second? Because they're like, I can, I can feel you doing that thing that you do. And I'm like, listening to you? That's yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't look at me. Because I'm like, hmm, you said this, but I felt this. So what mm-hmm. is the truth? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. you just- or I'll be like, like I recently called out my, my friend. Uh, he has been married for like, 25 or I don't know. So very, very long time. And he like mentioned that he always mentions the same issue, like with his partner. And, um, I was like, you know, you talk about this a lot. Like when are you going to actually do something that changes it? And then we never (laughs) talked about it again. And then the problem improved. And so I was just like, I guess I need to like 
just go straight through to what people have are like asking me to say, because I feel like when people repeat it over and over, they want you to like highlight what you're saying to the, to, yeah. you know, I feel like that's, that's sometimes the point of conversations is right. to, exactly that those there's some blind spots yes. there that some people and <clears throat> it makes me think of like, like the concept of like, you have all the answers in you. And I'm like, yes, I believe that, but there are times where I'll say something out loud and my partner will respond and I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's not how I saw that. And I needed to see it the way that you just said it. Thanks. Because I yeah. couldn't see. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes someone literally using one other like different word to yes. what you've been saying to yourself. And you're like, yeah, oh, that is what it is. Or like, that is, I need to stop doing that. What am I doing? Yeah. And it can feel so simple. And like, I know I, I do it for my friends. It's what my clients also pay me for is like, I look and I'm like, Hmm, that. And then they're like, Oh, that that's so <laughs> simple. And I'm like, yeah, it, it yeah. is. So time to move on from it. But when you're in something, it's difficult to see it because you're in it sometimes, even if you have this like voice like mine, that's kind of slightly outside of myself narrating. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can, I'm good at tricking myself and oh, being, yeah. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to look over there. That's... Yeah. And sometimes I even hear the thing talking to me and being like, Hey, what you're doing is harmful behavior. Please stop. <laughs> and I'll just be like, continue to do this thing even though I know it's bad for me Hmm. it's life I can't hear I don't know English anymore all of a sudden I think that was two questions I believe right I think that I think that nice is there any last thing that you would love to share? Where can you be found? Where do you want to be found? <laughs> what would um, you look for when they find you? Uh, yeah, I guess you can find me on, on Instagram, Karachi. Uh, I please come and share your opinions on things. I love hearing people's opinions on things, even though I said I don't look at my dms but maybe i will who knows um yeah in the comments i feel like that's comments are more fun yeah yeah Yeah. i'll do it for sure what do you say for me for sure like comments are nice it's like yeah we're all out here we're all the dms are aggressive you feel like you're being cornered when you're just like (laughs) yeah and you can't even open it because then they see that you saw it and you're like oh no, I'm an asshole. I already replied to my friends. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Well, cool. So find you on the IGs. Do yes. there any work in particular that you want to highlight and let people be aware of or more is coming? More is coming. I think look out for my music. That's like what I've been mostly focused on. Inner Landscapes is happening. We're doing our first event in LA in December. And another one in China in March. So what? keep out. If there's anyone in China listening, we'll be out there with Bad, Bad, Not Good. So what? That's that's we're going to be wearing headgear, playing music with their own mind. So please get involved with that. But other than that, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to be pretty MIA until then. So 
just hang out. <laughs> I'll be hiding in yeah. <laughs> until December. Amazing. That's so exciting. All right. What are you working on, by the way? I'm so curious. I feel like you're always, you're so enigmatic to me. And I'm like, okay, you make art, you make the, the podcast, you make the, the, your, would you say coach? Or is that what you would categorize yourself as? Yeah. Guide? Okay. I feel better. I like okay. that word more. What's your favorite thing that you do? And what are you like creating? What's your like, do you have a magnum opus you're working on? Like what's going on in your life? I'm actually not a very ambitious person, which... I like that. Yeah, I, I like ambitious people, though. I enjoy speaking to ambitious people. They're so interesting to me. I like I, I love that. I love that. I think it's why I do what I do is because like people I like to say, like, I like to be the Merlin to King Arthur's. I want, <laughs> I want, I'm going to be the king. And I'm like, yes, let me help you yeah. <laughs> enjoy that. I guess I really like that feeling of watching people mold things like a client that I worked with recently just worked with Beyonce and I'm like Mm. like that's so fun and delicious to me so I'd like that I like watching people be powerful and like bending the world it's exciting I also really like designing posters for my own stuff and only my stuff and that, that is really enjoyable. So I think that's like the two things I love most about like the work that I do is watching people bend things to their will <laughs> and making posters is yeah I love the posters I saw the one you made yesterday with the wizard I was like yes is it watercolor or like I was wondering no, it's what you do oh I was like what how because yeah I couldn't figure it out so I'm okay oh, so you use like a what is it called that little app with the paintbrush Mm-mm. Adobe Illustrator Oh, nice. I only know how to use Adobe Illustrator. I, anytime I try to learn something else, I can't, I've been using it. Whatever works. And I don't, and I know I use it wrong also. I'm like, if, if designers <laughs> saw the way that I use, they'd be like, what are, what are you doing? Where are your layers? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just do stuff and then it happens. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah. It gets done. Right. But that's so exciting and fun. When are you going to Japan? I'm going to Japan in, it's yet to be known, maybe October. And then we have the actual event in uh, March. So, yeah. Amazing. Okay. Y'all know how to find me. So (laughs) you you should uh, probably. (laughs) 